What up, guys? Your boy Quake, and I'm back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, number 58. I'm back, baby. Mad hyped like a crack, baby. Ass Slim Shady. My gun game, crazy. I bet I was listening to Tony Ayo, so shout out to Tony Ayo, man. That verse is dope. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that just for the fuck of it. You know what? Sometimes I wish I could play music on here, guys. I really wish I could play music because copyright is going to destroy me and they're not going to allow it because... I see other podcasts that get to play music. It's fun. I'm like, damn it, man. I wish I could play some music. I'm not at that level yet. Hopefully, if I get to that level, I can start. Artists will let me slide and labels will let me slide by playing music. So at that point, you know, I'm going to have real fun in this with the music. So be a DJ in this bitch as well. But I play music on Twitch, I think. Yeah, so it gets copyrighted regardless. But at least there, you know, I can afford to take a hit. Here, I can't. So, yeah, that's the reason why I'm not playing music. But... We have a lot of news, a lot of crazy news. An OG move, by the way, by Gucci Man. This is an OG move. Gucci hasn't said anything about the situation, but I'm assuming this is done because of Gucci. Because, I don't know, I just can't see Pushaisty really. I mean, I could be wrong. It could be Pushaisty's doing, but I just can't see Pushaisty thinking in this way. This has to be a, a move of somebody that's been through this process before. It could be his lawyers. It could be Gucci. It could be a lot of things, but Gucci... Basically is looking out for Pushaisty, making sure that his star artist, which is Pushaisty right now in the new 2016, Fujiano was getting up there with that Baby Mama record, started blowing up, but he got locked up, so that all has started to die down. Pushaisty right now is the breadwinner for the new 10-17. Um, yeah, so him going down is is not a good thing. So let's go over the articles quick. He was, of course, I didn't pick up on this last time, but... Um, people were thinking he's suicidal because he was wearing like a, a turtle type of vest. It was like a green, it looks like a turtle, um, neck or some shit. Like it's like a, not a turtle neck, but it's one of those like looking, um, what is it called? Let me see a turtle suit, which is weird to say, but people were picking up on that because, uh, prison inmates that wear turtle suits like that are suicidal. So when he was in that, uh, court, you know, or not the court, but like the, when the judge was talking about sentencing and all that, um, he was wearing that, and people were like, yo, he's suicidal. He can't handle you know, going to prison or jail, whatever the case may be. And that makes sense, but it could also be because through the shock of things, maybe when they arrested Pushaisty, he had like this look on his face where he was shocked. Maybe he looked really sad, where they could put him in a suicidal watch because sometimes when people get locked up and they know they're facing a lot of time, for a couple of days, they could be kind of crazy. They could be thinking, yo, it's over, man. My life is over. I'm going to end it all right now. I'm never going to be able to get past this. And then the police make sure they're on suicide watch for the first few days just to make sure nothing crazy happens. So that might be the case with Pushaisty. I mean, he is a celebrity. He has a high profile now. So when he gets, when he get, they probably determined, hey, this guy is looking a lot, a little crazy here. And he might do something that might end up ending his life. So they're having him on suicidal watch. Uh, there's a TikTok person that explained, you know, why he's in that suit. Some people can't handle it, he said. And then some people, he was like, um, they're just bitch made and they don't want to, you know, go through the process, shit like that. But I think it was just to protection purposes because, you know, if you're going through something that crazy, it could be shot. You know, you could be through shock and you could for the first couple of days be like, yo, I don't want Because when you're younger too, you don't really think long term. You're kind of just thinking in the moment and you think this, whatever's happened that's bad is going to last forever and it's over. And like, let's just say you're in a relationship and a girl or guy breaks up with you and 
you're like, oh, fuck, my life is over. I'm never going to find love again. And let me, you know, like, unfortunately, a little loaded. That's the way he was thinking. When you're young, you think really short term. And Pushais is young. I think he's in his 20 or something like that, 21. So they probably have him on under that just to make sure that, hey, this guy was out and about spending millions of dollars, having fun. All of a sudden, he's facing 20 years minimum. So that's a huge dramatic shift. And you could, you know, think crazy and want to kill yourself at that moment. So that's what that could potentially be. It could be something else. But that's not the big story in this. To me, the big story is the fact that all the witnesses have recanted their statements, which could be huge for Bushaisti. Huge. You could get away with this, possibly, if they recanted their statement. That's what what that's what's being reported is that they recanted their statements. Let's go over the article. Guchiman's artist Pushaisti was arrested for his alleged connection to a Miami strip club shooting earlier this month. But according to TMZ, there's been a development in his case that could potentially clear his name, which is huge. Alleged victim, Friven Dorr, who was working security at the King of Diamonds strip club when the shooting occurred, reportedly doesn't remember giving his original statement to the police and blames the powerful opioid he was given in the hospital. That is crazy. Let that sink in. So initially, he gave a statement. And now he's blaming, he's saying he got an opioid because I'm sure he was hurt, he was shot. And now he's recanting his statement, which is quite convenient. So I say, okay, court documents reveal Dorr is on record saying he was given Dulila did when he first arrived at the hospital, which rendered him unable to recount what he said to detectives. He now says the com- commotion in the club that night could have been caused by a ceiling fan that fell in a nearby parking garage. <laughs> He also doesn't remember Pushaisti aiming at him or even pulling the trigger. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Uh, Dor added that he doesn't want to press charges or talk to Miami officials about the incident. Pushaisti's legal team believes this is enough to get prosecutors to reconsider releasing the rapper on bond. Now, the reason why I'm giving props to Gucci is because I feel Gucci has something to do with this. He probably paid off the people that were all their witnesses, gave him probably 5000 10000 who knows what the amount is, but a good enough amount of money for them to recant their statements to say, listen, I don't know what the fuck happened. I was, these drugs fucked me up. I have no idea. It could have been a ceiling fan. It could have been who knows what. could have been some random person just coming in and farting loud and everybody got scared. Who knows? You know, I don't know. I wasn't there. So that's probably what's what's going to save his ass pretty much. This is huge. Like this is Gucci definitely had something to do with this because Pushaisti is right now the quarterback for that label. He's holding it down for that label. And he, if he goes down with the buzz that he's building, it's pretty much a wrap for that label. He has Fujiano out, Pushaisti out, and those other ones, I don't even know if they're doing that good in terms of sales or numbers. I don't even know. There's a lot of artists signed to Gucci or, or were signed to Gucci too. But yeah, it says, Pushaisti stand accused of shooting door on the night of May 29th during a Memorial Day weekend celebration after somebody allegedly swiped 40000 in cash from his pants. Contrary to what Pushaisi said on social media, Dora claimed someone did make off with the money after he dropped it off on the ground. The theft supposedly made Shiesty so angry, he walked back into the club and allegedly fired a weapon into the area uh, where Dora was standing, striking him in the ankle. So yeah, he did get hit. New York attorney Mo Gograth-Poo says Shiesty is facing a minimum of 20 years in prison if convicted, but with Dora's latest st- statement that could change. Uh, but yeah, he also faces charges from October 2020 
shooting in Florida. So that's why it's a big deal because he has two charges in the same area or in the same state, which is, you know, that's hard to beat, man, especially if you're going through one already and then you another one's created. Um, if Gu- Gucci Man had something to do with this, I hope Gucci's sending him down and telling him, listen, man, you can't be doing this dumb shit. Like, I hope he's having that sit down. I hope the lawyers are trying to get through them and say, listen, man, you're a superstar now. You're making all this money. You lose 40000 It's an L. Keep it moving. It is what it is. So this is huge, though. This is like I wasn't expecting this. I definitely wasn't expecting this. And that's bullshit, man, to do that, to have somebody come in and maneuver through things. And I know a lot of artists have looked out for other artists when they're going through situations. You know, if they're signed to like 50s, done a lot of that with a lot like the buck stabbing incident. Oh man, he made sure buck was good. He didn't, he only had to serve. I think was like a little bit of probation and then he had to do some community service, like for stabbing someone on camera. Like you're seeing, you're clearly seeing stabbing somebody. So to get out of that, you got to have just the best lawyers. You got to have the best money. You got to have the best everything. Like, so I'm sure Gucci stepped in and said, yo, hail to the, nah, we're not letting this shit happen. And got him to recant statements, man. And even, I think it was another lady in there that's recanted her statement. So they paid off everybody in there, I'm sure, to recant their statements. And honestly, even though there's video footage of him having a gun, there isn't video footage from what I've seen of him actually shooting it. So him having a gun in there, that could still be a problem. That could still cause, because of the October 2020 incident, that could potentially cause another problem. Um, but he's definitely not going to look at 20 years, especially if they're recanting their statement. That 20 years is, I don't see him doing that at all. So that's a huge development in the story. Um, shout out to Gucci Man looking out for his artists, his star artists at the time. And, you know, let's hope Pusheisty learns from this, man. Let's hope he doesn't do this again, man, because this is stupid. This is just blatantly being dumb and ignorant and not really thinking about long-term and not thinking about, hey, I could have made that 40000 back doing a show, one show, one more show I could have done the next day, got that 40000 back, take an L, move smarter next time, make sure you have 40000 in cash if you're going to blow it at a strip club, make sure it's close to you, make sure it's by security, make sure it's secure, not just 40000 in your pocket, hanging out your pocket, and somebody can just come swipe it and run away. Um, so... Yeah, huge story, guys. I was not expecting that in terms of Pooh Shiesty having to deal with that. T-Pain. So T-Pain, you know how he figured out how to go into Instagram DMs, and he figured out that a lot of people were actually hitting him up to do music, and he just didn't realize it. Well, he got on a, a podcast, I think the 85 South show, and claimed that uh, Nicki Minaj never followed through with their plans to work together in 2007. Now, mind you, in 2007, T-Pain was literally the hottest thing ever. He had a number one album. He had Bartender out. He had a lot of hit records out. Um, and Nicki really wasn't known. She was an upcoming artist in 2007. She started blowing up in like 2008 a little bit, and then 2009 really started taking off. But let's go over the article. Nicki isn't too proud to admit she's made some mistakes when it comes to her career. After T-Pain went on record at the 85 South show and claimed she never followed through with her plans to work together in 2007, she wound up issuing an apology. So this is what T-Pain said. We was about to work together and she stopped responding. T-Pain explained. I was like, Nikki, let me know what's going on. She was like, hey, I'm an artist too and I'm working on my shit. So, you know, baby, chill. And I was like, oh, my heart. Maybe I was in love with Nicki Minaj. Despite his heartbreak, T-Pain was certain the move wasn't anything malicious. Upon seeing T-Pain's interview, 
Nicki Minaj quickly addressed the failed attempt at a collaboration in the Shade Room's comment section and kicked herself for not taking T-Pain up on the offer at the time. After all, T-Pain had a number one album that year and was one of the hard, hottest artists on the scene. She said this, I don't remember this at all, but definitely sounds like something I would say. Oh my God, what was I thinking? He was already a really big artist. I was still underground, chill. I was about to be bugging, yo. I was under so much pressure to deliver. My bad, babe. All love. I have nothing but respect for your talent. And thank you and Kanye for clearing the go hard for beating me up, Scotty, last month. Listening to you over and over on that record taught me so much about harmonies and background vocals. Your vocals on that song are goaded for life. I listened to every single detail at T-Pain. So this is a big ass. Uh, <laughs> T-Pain has been like ducked by so many artists. But then again, he didn't even realize that people in the DMs were hitting him up to do music. So now he started to work with newer artists. He has a record out with Kalani. that's actually performing pretty well. It's the number one most added record, I think, on urban radio. So it's starting to catch, you know, steam. Um, and T-Pain just, like when I did the What Happened to T-Pain video, he's just a generally good guy, like genuinely very good. When I was doing the documentary on him, um, it just really, it was like very sad to see that he was, he was extending his hand out to other people and they were just treating him like trash. Like he was telling stories about artists that he looked out for when it comes to features. And then when he needed a feature, they were like, nah, we're going to charge you. And, you know, just shit like that. Industry shit, industry bullshit of people that are fake that pretend to be cool and that they respect you. But then when you, when you ask for a favor in return, they're like, nah, hell no, here's money. You have to pay me, blah, blah, blah. So T-Pain didn't have to do that for a lot of artists at that point, 2005 to 2000, probably eight. You could argue T-Pain was damn near the hottest on hooks, even Akon at the time there. And the Akon was signed under T-Pain. I mean, T-Pain was signed under Akon. So both of them were running the hook game. Like Akon was on every hook. T-Pain was on every hook. And that was a special moment, man. So the fact that T-Pain and Nicki were talking in 2007 and Nicki just kind of brushed him off. But the, the, the thing that I would take away from this is that you don't need, this is proof that you don't need anyone to make it. You technically don't. You don't need a big artist name on your track to make it. Look at this. Nicki Minaj in 2007 wasn't really known. T-Pain was the hottest shit. They didn't work together. Guess what happened? Nicki Minaj still made it. Nicki Minaj became one of the biggest females rappers ever. You could argue the biggest of all time. So that just shows that, you know, you don't really need people. You can make it on your own. You don't have to work with big artist names to make it. I know a lot of artists, I'm not going to say names, who have worked with a lot of big artist names and that are completely nowhere now. They're garbage because that doesn't, that doesn't determine if you're, you know, if you're good, if you're a quality artist, what determines is your consistency, your quality of content. And Nikki had that. So she didn't, she wasn't really tripping on the T-Pain thing if it didn't work out. She just moved on, worked on her shit, blew up, so on and so forth. That's what the takeaway from the story should be for artists or for people in general. Don't rely, like even for me on this podcast, I'm not relying on artists to come through and show up. Like I'm doing this shit regardless. It doesn't matter to me. I would love for artists to come through and do interviews. That's one of the reasons why I started it. But if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to sit here and be like, ah, oh, man, I'm quitting. I'm not, it is what it is. No, I'm going to grind it out. And eventually it's going to become so hot at the point where the artists will want to come on. And that applies to anything that you're doing. If people don't treat you with that respect or they don't look at you like to that higher standard, when you make it blow up, then they're going to. Then they're going to want to come on. Then they're going to want to talk to you. And at that point, that's when you tax their ass because 
they're not doing shit when you weren't shit. So, but yeah, that's, that's my takeaway on this. That's the best takeaway on this story is that don't rely on, you know, anybody to help you out. Obviously the story here switched up. T-Pain was willing to help her out. I'm not saying T-Pain wasn't willing to help her out, but, um, even if it didn't happen, like it didn't stop Nicki Minaj and it shouldn't stop anybody. If something doesn't happen in your life, don't let it stop you from doing what you want to do. That's just stupid. So great story there, man. Um, Yes, shout out to T-Bang. Great guy, Nicki Minaj. Shout out to her. Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, um, they talked about, this story was reported a while ago. They talked about wanting to build a high school in, uh, I think, Los Angeles. And now they officially got the green light to do so. So before I continue the article, let me get a drink quick. So the article says, this is Los Angeles Times. Rap icon Dr. Dre and the music industry mogul Jimmy Iovine hated school, really hated school which makes them an unlikely force behind a new public high school project in Los Angeles. The two both reportedly billionaires said they would do and spend whatever is necessary to make the school, which will be in South LA successful and sought after in a place that will motivate LA students to be critical thinkers, entrepreneurs, and innovators. The move represents a rare investment by the entertainment elite in the nation's second largest school system, where more than 80% of students are Latino and black and about the same number come from low-income families. Dr. Dre born Andre Young said he wants to reach the inner city child, the younger me, he added. Here is a place that you can go where there's something that you can learn that you're really invested in. Iveen explained their vision for the school, which was approved last week by the LA Board of Education and is slated to open in fall of 2022, which is about a year and a half away. This is for kids who want to go out and start their own company or go work at a place like Marvel or Apple or companies like that, he said. Working successfully in these areas means breaking down silos between different jobs and skills and disrupting familiar patterns with creativity and purpose, Iveen said. This is nowhere near a music school, he said. In an interview with Bretton Wood County Estates Home, Dr. Dre also spoke about his health. He had a scare in January where he was focused first on describing the kind of LA youth who would benefit from the school. That guy didn't have an opportunity that had to scratch and figure out things on his own, he said. That had the that had the curiosity, but didn't have these type of opportunities, really smart kids. We want to touch and give them this open door and these opportunities to be able to show what they can do. Regional high school, number one, also it's known for Regional High School, number one, as it's known for now, will be located at the Auburn Middle School in Lament Park, a longtime black cultural hub. But in a larger community where many black and Latino students have struggled with low achievement, middle-class black families in the area have largely abandoned local schools, sending children to independent charter schools or campuses to the West, including Westchester High and Venus High, said school board member George McKinnon, who represents the area. What we can do about community that seems to run away from, if I may use that term, their own schools and look elsewhere, said McKinnon, the only black member on board of education. What we're trying to do now is be persuasive, not just with rhetoric, but with reality. The new school will be a magnet, meaning that students can apply from across the sprawling district. Transportation will be provided for those outside the local area. The school is among 10 magnets that educators approved last week which is dope. Um, a school that focuses on 
your creativity is well needed. You know, we need to stop doing this traditional format of schools where you have to go through whatever kindergarten to 12 and learn these things and blah, blah, blah. And it's a structure. And, you know, school to me personally, it sucked my creativity to death. Like a lot of it wasn't creative. It was just draining. And I was like, I can't wait to get done with it. So I'm glad some people with creativity who think outside the box, like Jimmy Ivey and Dr. Dre are creating something for kids to, you know, have that, that chance as well to do that. Um, originally magnets were created to spur voluntary integration, attracting white students to neighborhoods of color and to keep their families invested in public school system. These days, however, our primary primary goal is to attract any student in LA unified enrollment is declining by about 2% a year. Although some long established magnets have waiting lists, it's not been enough to reverse enrollment declines. Factors contributing to enrollment drop besides competition from charters include gentrification, failing birth rates, and reduced immigration. LA schools, uh, sup- LA schools, superintendent, oh, I don't even know how to pronounce this shit, said the district had has an obligation to find new and better, more engaging programs. The Dr. Dre Iveen effort has, he said, could create the coolest high school in America. That's a big ass statement. We can better connect what a student learns in the high school today with a job opportunity in the future, he said. When the proposal came before the Board of Education, the trustees had concerns. There already are far more available classrooms than needed. In a high school, this proposed size, about 250 students, would be financially unsustainable based on the state funding levels. What they didn't know because Bretner was holding details close for a splashy reveal Monday, is that Dr. Dre and Iveen are certain their school will be the grand exception. It also helps that USC will contribute expertise. Since 2013, USC has managed its own Iveen and Young Academy for Arts, Technology, and the Business of Innovation with a smaller approach geared towards college and graduate students. So, yeah, um... I don't think Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Trey right now are worried about losing money in the whole situation, but um, Iovine 68 and Dr. Dre 56 said they felt compelled to give it back and determined to launch a high school, and both were drawn to South L.A. The labyrinth challenge of L.A. unified bureaucracy presented an opportunity, Iovine said. We want to do it in the public system. He said, we want it to go where it's most needed and it's most difficult. And we will not be satisfied if this doesn't scale. We want people inspired enough to scale it. And while they are praised and while they praised district staff, the project has been challenging. They said, Dr. Dre said it was perplexing and frustrating to learn how difficult it is to do something positive and to help. That's the stupid shit in today's world. It is really hard to sometimes do things positive. It's like so many loopholes or so many things you have to go through a bunch have to jump a bunch of loopholes. Have to jump through this and that. It reminds me of um, Elon Musk, th- where he was. He's creating the Boring Company, which is, I believe, the company that um, um, he's creating underground tunnels to go. You know, to create more ways to clear up traffic in LA because traffic is insane. Same here with Atlanta, um, and the, the 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 LA district was like making it hard. You know, the government there was making it very hard to do so like they're they're limiting him on trying to do these things and i can understand their concern because they're probably like yo we've never done this we're worried if something's going to happen but you know try to work with the person trying to make something better and make the world a better place 
you know, stop being a pain in the ass about the situation. Allow people to do what they want to do, but obviously monitor it and try to, you know, put things in a way where it's professional, but damn, like, don't fucking make it frustrating to the point where they're like, ah, I don't even want to do this anymore. Both said they're in it for the long haul, something that was a question mark after Dr. Dre had a widely reported possible brain aneurysm in January. It's a really weird thing, he said. I've never had high blood pressure, and I've always been a person that has always taken care of my health, but there's something that happens for some reason with black men and high blood pressure, and I never saw that coming, but I'm taking care of myself. I think every black man should just check that out and make sure things are okay with blood pressure, and I'm going to move on and hopefully live a long and healthy, happy life. I'm feeling fantastic. So that's good to know about Dr. Dre's health, too. We're worried about that. Um, yeah, the article keeps going on. Dr. Dre said he lasted about two weeks in a college program. He's like, no kid wants to go to school because it's boring. You keep flipping the same thing over and over and over again, year after year with the same curriculum. Uh, man, I'm fucking up all these words. Um, curriculum, uh, the same teachers, yet they also know their new venture will be depend on teachers whose importance they recognize. This is something new and different that it might excite the kids and make them want to go to school. I agree. We definitely need something that's different, tired of the same formula, Everybody's tired of the same formula. Uh, he added, I had no idea this is where my life and career was going to go. and Everything that I've been doing throughout my career was going to lead to this. All those things, a stepping stone to get here. Is this what it's supposed to be? That you, you know, the big bang, hopefully it is. So this, you know, this is legacy terms. This is legacy talk to build something that can last here forever is beautiful. Um, once you reach that level, you definitely want to help and try to do things that's going to forever make, you know, an impact on the world. So let me get a drink quick. My mouth is killing me. That's probably why I'm pronouncing. I've been pronouncing a lot. I've been fucking up pronouncing a lot of things when I've been doing this podcast on my own. I think I'm just going on like a rapid pace. I need to take a break, just chill a little bit, relax. I just read things, boom, 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 back to back to back. So yeah, let's get a drink quick. This next article is crazy. Uh, Jay-Z. Jay-Z is suing the photographer, and I've been following this photographer for about a year now on Instagram. He's actually one of my favorite photographers because he's taken a lot of, like, classic pictures of a lot of people. Like, the DMX is dark and hell is hot cover. He did that. He did a lot of covers for artists. And this guy is, he did the cover for Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. So, let's see why Jay-Z is suing him. So, Jay-Z is suing a photographer that worked with him on one of his most iconic album cover shoots. As initially reported Tuesday by TMZ, Hove claims in a new lawsuit that, that the photographer of the Reasonable Doubt album cover, Jonathan Manon, is using his name and image without consent. In the documents obtained by Complex, Jay says that Manon, who shot the new iconic image on the cover of his debut record, has been selling prints on his website without the rapper's consent and earning thousands of dollars from them in the process. Now, I'm going to go in on this story because there's a lot to go in on it, but let's continue the article. Menon has developed a high, highly profitable business by selling copies of photog uh, photographs of Jay-Z on Menon's website and retail store and by selling licenses to others to use Jay-Z's image. The court documents read Menon has done so on the arrogant assumption that because he took those photographs, he can do what he wants and as he pleases, but Jay-Z never gave Man in the right to use his likeness for these or any other purposes. And without that permission, Menon has no legal right to do so. Jay-Z has asked Manon to stop 
but who refuses to do so. The suit also claims that Manon, who has taken hundreds of photos of Jay-Z since 1996, is now demanding that Hove, Hove pay him tens of millions of dollars to put an end to Manon's use of Jay-Z's likeness. Alex Spear, an attorney, an attorney for Jay, declined to comment for the story. It is no secret that Jay-Z has achieved iconic success, not just as a rap artist and a record company mogul, but in numerous other pursuits and business as a businessman. The suit also reads, it is iconic that a photographer would treat the image of a formerly unknown black teenager now wildly successful as a piece of property to be squeezed for every dollar it can produce. It stops today. The lawsuit cites a t-shirt sold on the photographer's website, which uses Jay's name among other rappers as he has also photographer and claims Manon has developed a business for himself by selling photographs, prints of Jay-Z on his site and licensing Jay's image to others. It also claims he violated section 3344 of the California Civil Code as well as California Common Law right of publicity. Man is also turning a profit on Jay-Z's celebrity with other products such as shirts that display Jay-Z's name and slip mats, the circular piece of slippery cloth on synthetic material, disc jocks placed on the turntable platter, which also uses Jay-Z's image. Uh, if Jay-Z wins the suit, he claims he is entitled to never, he's entitled to recover punitive and explanatory damages in a number not yet decided as well as being worthy of preliminary and permanent injunction, making it so that the artist doesn't use his image again. Um, uh, Manon, a legal representative for Manon, responded and provided complex with a statement in response to the lawsuit. This is what he said. Mr. Manon has created iconic images of Mr. Carter over the years and is proud of these images have helped define the artist that Jay-Z is today. Mr. Manon has the utmost respect for Mr. Carter and his body of work and expects that Mr. Carter would similarly respect the rights of artists and creators who have helped him achieve the heights to which he has ascended. We are confident that the First Amendment protects Mr. Manon's right to sell fine art prints of his copyrighted works and will review the complaint and respond in due course. So I was talking to um, my homie Tefili, who actually edits this podcast, He's a photographer in his own right. He's done a lot of photography things. And briefly talking about it, it basically boils down to, did the photographer sell his rights to those images completely to Jay-Z? You know, what was the paperwork like at that time in 1996? Personally, I think if it was for his debut album, I think the paperwork was right. And Jay-Z may be in the right here. Maybe. But... It boils down to also, is it just those batch of photos that he has, that Jay-Z owns and has the rights to, or is it the whole, everything that he's shot of Jay-Z? That, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I know that photographers have their own rights in their photos, and I know that Jay-Z has his own rights in terms of using his name, his image for things. Um, at the end of the day, though, the way I view it, if I was in Jay-Z's position, as long as Jonathan Manon is being respectful and not diminishing his image and name, Jay-Z's image and name, let him sell it, man. He did, he did take those photos. He had a role in Reasonable Doubt. He had a role in other photos that he took. Why, like, Jay-Z, you're a billionaire. Why, multi-billionaire, I think, now. He's worth two to three billion, I think. I don't know. Who gives a fuck he's making a couple thousand dollars, man? Let the guy make some money, man. 
that's stupid. That especially because Jay Z is about creativity. And yes, let's you know, if he was being disrespectful, very disrespectful. Let's just say he was putting out random photos, shit that he didn't want out. Jay Z was like, "Yo, I don't want these out. Take these off." And he's like, "Nah, man, fuck you. It's my photos. I can do whatever I want." I can understand that. But I went through the guy's website a long time ago, probably a couple months ago, because I was looking through when he was posting like classic photos of DMX. I was going through his website. Everything was respectful. It was classic stuff, man. It wasn't anything disrespectful. He never posts anything on Instagram that's disrespectful. Um, if I was a billionaire, come on, man. Does it really, really affect you, Jay-Z, like that? You know. Granted, I know Jay-Z wants to control his image, his likeness, but damn, bro. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it's going to really affect your pockets at all. Um, you know, obviously, if it gets disrespectful, then you have a right to step in. Then I understand, I understand Jay-Z's thing, but, um, you know, it might be his lawyers, Jay-Z's lawyers, be like, yo, just pursue this. So, Because here's another aspect that you can think of it as. Um, if, he, if he lets this guy slide by using his likeness and images, then all photographers are going to start doing it. That's the thing. But... The problem here is now you're giving it more attention than it deserved. You're now it's public information. Now, you know, other Jay-Z photographers are going to be like, yo, what if Jonathan Mannon wins this? Maybe we're going to start using Jay-Z's image and stuff. And we're going to start using other artists image. So it opens a floodgate of a lot of things. But personally, if I was in Jay-Z's position, let the guy sell some fucking photos, man. He's probably making, you know, even if he's making six figures off it. So what, man? He's a photographer. He's not going to be fucking level of Jay-Z making billions for photos. Come on, guys. Like, let the guy slide a little bit. A lot of people are actually giving uh, backlash to Jay-Z for this. I'll see him replies on Twitter like, damn, Jay-Z, you're a billionaire. You're for creativity. You're for all this. But you're willing to take someone's photos down that helped you at the time when you were just getting started as a rapper taking photos. Come on. So that's my take on it. Personally, I wouldn't give a fuck. As long as he's being respectful of my image, he's not disrespecting it. And he's not releasing photos that I don't want out. Like if I saw, like just say I went on his website and I saw a bunch of photos of me and I didn't like one or two. And I was like, yo, can you please remove these? And he was like, yeah, I'll remove them. We're all good. If he was like, nah, man, I want these up. They're selling. Fuck you. Different story. Then I can see why Jay-Z would be like, you know what? Yeah, there's a problem in that. So yeah, um, that's my take on the story. Jay-Z back off a little bit, bro. Not that big of a deal. So new announcement, new announcement on festivals, of course. Um, festivals have been coming out like crazy now that COVID is technically over, not really over in America. We're getting vaccinated, all that, and more people are getting vaccinated. I believe half of America is vaccinated now, more than half. I think it'd be at least 50 to 60%. So now festivals are starting to come back out, concerts are starting to come back out, and there's a new festival called Day in Vegas. Um, it's not a new festival, it's been out, but they announced their lineup, and what caught everybody's attention is Kendrick Lamar headlining it. Um, under it says one night in Vegas from section 80 to damn. Now the question here is the date of this. I believe, let me see. When's the dates? November 12th through the 14th, which is quite a ways away. We're about what? Four or five months away. The question here is Kendrick Lamar going to perform new music at this place. That's what everybody's asking. Under it says from Section 80 to damn. Obviously, what I would have done if Kendrick's really releasing the music, I would have trolled. I would have been like from Section 80 to dot, 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 or question mark. That would have kind of gave people a hint that, yo, Kendrick's getting ready to drop. 
because Kendrick hasn't released any hints. His engineer said something. Um, that's really about it. You know, Kendrick, he did an interview with uh, that one magazine article where he said, you know, I'm trying to chase a new sound. That's really about it. We haven't really got any confirmation. A lot of it's just been artists saying, yo, like the game saying, yo, Kendrick is, you know, man, I heard Kendrick is gearing up. Just people behind the scenes are saying shit here and there, but Kendrick himself has never said anything. He's active on Twitter. He likes random tweets. So I don't know. I personally, you know, if you're going to perform and you're going to be a headliner, you got to come out with new music, bro. We don't fucking, you know, we like those albums, but if you're going to be a headliner somewhere, we want some new music. Bands want new music. I think we're going to get new music. I think this is a great hint at it because if you're headlining, you definitely got to come with something new. I would hope as an artist. I would as an artist. Um, so we'll keep our eye out on this. Um, anything. People are just... People are like going crazy, man. They're going crazy and trying to hang on to anything that comes out when it comes to Kendrick. They're trying to see, yo, is he coming out with new music the second something comes out? So the, the crazy uh, headlining show is here. So on the first night, which is Friday, Kendrick Lamar is going to be headlining it. And then undercard is the baby, YG, Ari Lennox, Polo G, Isaiah Rashad, Jasmine Sullivan, Thundercat, Flash Push Zombies, Young M.A., Lucky Dave, Kenny Beats. A uh, bunch of other artists. And then Saturday is Travis Scott headlining it with Lil Baby, Doja Cat, Sweetie, Baby Keem, Suicide Boy S, Corday, Joey Badass, Majid Jordan, Freddie Gibbs, uh, Tinashe, uh, a bunch of other ones, Lotto, Tusi, a uh, bunch of other ones. And then you got the Sunday, which is Tyler, the creator. He has a new album coming out, so he's releasing new music. I'm sure Travis Scott is going to, too. And then he headlines on Sunday, Tyler, the creator, with SZA, Lil Uzi Vert, so Noah, I'll, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Allergera, Don Tolliver, uh, Griselda, 24K Golden, Denzel Curry, Earl Sweatshirt, Queen Nija, Snot, a bunch of other artists too. So Rico Nasty. So yeah, dope festival lineup if you want to go. It's in uh, Vegas, uh, November 12th through the 14th. Um, speaking of festivals and shows, Quando Rondo. And this is no surprise I don't know why this is like, you know, like what did he expect? Let's go over the article. Quando Rondo says that King Von's murder messed up his show money. Um, Obviously. I mean, you have a probably a, a bag on your head, a hit out on you. So nobody with a brain, I think, is going to go to your concert. I wouldn't. I'm almost expecting a fucking shootout when I go there. But let's go over the article. With concerts and appearances becoming more and more of a thing with COVID-19, lockdowns being lifted across the country, rappers are looking to get to, sh to get show bookings to make up for last year. One of those artists is Quando Rondo, but he's claiming promoters don't want to book him because they're terrified after Rondo's associate allegedly murdered King Von during a shootout in November 2020. He says, nobody wants to book with me because they're terrified. That's the truth. So many people calling like, I wish the fans let that shit go. As long as y'all talk about it, they're hyping this shit up. Um, the mayor canceled my show on my daughter's life. That's facts, big bro. I ain't canceling a show. So, hold on, let me get a drink. So, I've seen this all the time when it comes to artists. Lil Durk couldn't perform in Chicago. Chief Keith couldn't perform in Chicago. That's what comes with the street shit. That's what comes with branding yourself as a gangster. 
as this crazy stuff, getting involved and stuff, hyping things up. Quando Rano has hyped up a lot of things, man. He's he shot a music video where it looked like fucking um it looked like Lil Dirk. They're roughing up Lil Dirk. You're the one that's hyping this up. He's saying fans are doing it. You're also doing it yourself through songs. You know, just create music, ignore what happened. Not ignore, but like, you know, just kind of talk about it quick, move on, and then try to present yourself in a different image. You're fucking up your money by doing this. A lot of artists fuck up their money doing this. I'm tired of seeing this fucking, I think the whole Polo G album is on this video. Hold on, my bad, guys. I'm just, I was willing to put something. I want to put something else on here. In the middle of the fucking show, I just keep seeing this shit. I'm like, damn, man, what the fuck? They're bumping Polo G's, put Drake's or some shit. All right. Yeah, that's, it's all about how you brand yourself, man. How you're putting your image out there. You know, do companies want to work with you? That's all this boils down to. And if you're branding yourself as a gangster rapper all the time, you know, it's, it's going to bite you in the ass at one point. You're going to lose money at some point. You know, the hype is there. People are going to be interested. I'm sure after the King Von thing, it did make Quando Rondo a bigger artist. That's no denying that. After that, Quando Rondo's name was all over the place. I started figuring out who the fuck Quando Rondo was. I had no idea who he was before this. I knew he was NBA Young Boys, like he had an affiliate with them, but I didn't really check him out like that. After this King Von thing, I checked out his music. I started looking into him. So it kind of helped him, and then it really fucked him up, though, when it comes to shows. He's not going to be able to do a lot of shows, man. I personally, I don't think anybody with a brain would want to go to the Quando Rondo show, especially after what happened, especially after all the talk. You know, something's going to happen at one of those concerts. Unfortunately, somebody's going to get hit. That's innocent. I'm sure of it. I don't want to knock on one. I want to speak into existence, but damn, like... You know, who the fuck wants to go to a show where beef is just happening and, you know, we're dissing dead ops and shit. Nobody wants to go to that, man. People go to concerts to have fun, get their mind off shit. They don't want to go over there and have more problems, run into more shit, potentially get hit. You know, like, it's just a lot of rappers, man. They just move back. Like that Pushaisi thing, the security guard gets hit. You know, he's just doing his job. I'm sure people there are running out. Like, people don't, people go to places to have good times. They don't go there to have problems majority of the time when people get drunk they do stupid shit but majority of the time when you're going out you're going out to get away from your regular daily life and you're escaping whatever the fuck you want to get away from for a brief moment you're not going there to beef to start shit with people to shoot to all that dumb shit so i don't blame i don't blame anybody for turning down his shows um nobody wants to go to that shit guys nobody wants to go to a show where it's all about violence 24 7 that's why i tell artists you know, stop gangsta talk all time, 24-7. Do some, you know, female-driven records. Do something that's going to help you out to expand your brand, your image, and not just focus on one thing. Um, Pop Smoke. So his manager came out and his producer, one of his engineers, came out and said the Pop Smoke album is 95% loading the fuck up. With that being said, basically the album's done. I'm sure they're engineering. They're adding in like little features here and there. 50 said he's probably not going to have a part in it. I'm sure he's not going to. Um, Steven Victor said there's going to be a huge announcement in about 24 to 48 hours. I don't know if he's talking about hours or days or 24 to 36, something like that he put. So 24 to 36 hours. So I'm sure in a couple of days, maybe the next day after this podcast is done recording, they're going to announce Pop Smoke's album. His birthday is coming up. So I don't know if they're aiming for another birthday release. That would be kind of huge, but I think they should wait a little bit longer. That first album is still doing great in numbers. I would keep pushing that, man. Why fuck that up? It's about to go double platinum. It's doing like 20,000, 30,000 a week, every week. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give a quick update on that. Pop Smoke has his album. It's almost done. Rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Um, XXL freshman list has been revealed. 
And to be honest with you, I'm kind of disappointed. And I, I kind of want to give my own list. I need to figure out, I kind of need to think about what, actually I have a, a brief list that I made here. So let me go over my list and then we'll go over um, their list and see what which one's better. I think mine is. Obviously, I'm biased towards mine, but let's see if I can find my list. I had it here on my notes. Talked about it a while ago. Let me see. Where is the list here? Where is the list? Let me see. Why is it... Uh, okay. This is the list I had, and I don't know. This is about some of these are some of these some of these are the same. Some of these are not. My list is Spotum, Gotum, Hot Boy, Slat ZY, Kid Laray, Pushiesty, Coy Laray, Laray, uh, CJ Snot, Young Blue, Young and Ace, Rennie Rucci, Tusi, JJ the Prince or JI the Prince, my bad, and Her Life Crisis. Now, some of these are on here from my list. Some of them are not. Um, this is. XXL, and this isn't, by the way, my list wasn't final. I just had these artists listed because I was going to do a list like this, and this is what I basically had. Some of these I'm probably going to take out and remove, but I'm probably going to do my own list by Sunday. I'll probably figure it out. But this is what they got for their list, and this is the cover of it. It says, Out of This World, and they're showing, hold up, my bad. Let me get this so I can see it better because I'm blind as a fucking bat. Um, they got, Out of This World, it's like a space cover they got moray which is the guy with the quicksand record he's starting to blow up he's like an r&b artist kind of like rod wave uh they got ian dior which i've heard of but i haven't checked out his music they got like lakia i'm hoping i'm pronouncing that that right l-a-k-e-y-a-h i haven't heard of that person ddg which is that youtuber that started becoming a rapper and started blowing up he does a lot of records blue face there's a few records here and there 42 doug which makes sense um ruby rose who i don't know I don't know how to pronounce this. B-L-X-S-T. Blixed. Blixed. I don't know. So that, they got him. They got Pushaisi, rightfully so. They got Tusi, rightfully so. I have that on my list. They got Coyle Ray, rightfully so. I have that on the list. And then Flo Millie. So, yeah, I would have had Hot Boy or Young and Ace on here. I think those two are really blowing up, especially Hot Boy. He has, he has a lot of features. He has records that are going right now. Um, he doesn't have like hit hit records, but that's not the point of this list. You're a freshman, you're new. You, you know, I think Pushais is probably the biggest out of all these on this list. Willing to debate that. Um, but you know, let me know what you guys think of the list. I think, yeah, I had mine right here. So I got surprised Young Blue ain't on here. Young Blue, was he on 2020? Let me see. They had for 2020 that Apology Cowboy and Ellie Chopper, Lil Key, Chica, Lil TJ, Jack Carla, Baby Keem, Rod Wave, Mulatto, Fabio Forn. And 24K Goldie. So, yeah, they missed Young Blue, the guy with the, the big-ass record with Drake, your mind still. They missed CJ, whoop-dee. Bitch, I'm gonna some movie. They got him. Spot up, got him, who has one of the biggest fucking records for freestyling, period, out right now. I'm surprised they didn't. The kid, Loray, like, that guy, or Leroy, I don't know if I always forget how to pronounce his name. Him, like, how do you not have him on the list? Um... Young and Ace, that's one of my fucking favorites. I showed people uh, him on my Twitch. A lot of people fuck with him. Hot Boy, like I said, Slazzy Y, he's got a lot of great records. He still needs, obviously, some more, you know, buzz. Rennie Rucci's up there. Like, they missed a few, man. I'm surprised. This list doesn't, 
like who the fuck is BLXST? No disrespect. I don't no idea what that is. Like you could replace that with Young Blue or somebody who has a hit record, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this list. Um definitely not the best list that they come up with. Last year they got it pretty much right. Majority of the people. But a lot of if you notice as the years went on too, a lot of these artists have been sticking around a lot more because the internet has helped them out with a lot of that. But let's go on the Billboard Hot One Hundred update. Um Butter, BTS, is still at number one. That's a true number one. It's been three weeks at number one. It debuted at number one. It's been staying there. That's a real number one hit record. Shout out to them. Uh, good for you. Olivia Rodrigo, still at number two. Didn't move. Levitating, still at number three. Didn't move. Dua Lipa. Peaches, Justin Bieber. Uh, went up from number six to number four. Leave the door open with Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars. Anderson Pack is at number five. Um, Save Your Tears, Weekend at Ariana Grande. Number six. Went from number five to number six. Um, let's look at um, hip-hop records that Lil Baby and Lil Durk's album has a lot of records that actually landed on the charts. Their first debut is at number 16 with Lil Baby, Lil Durk, and Travis Scott, Hats Off, which was huge. Then you got Roddy Rich debuting at number 20 with that Late at Night record, which is not bad. Uh, the Lil Baby and Lil Durk Voice of the Heroes title track went from number 81 to number 21. Huge boost because the album came out and people probably just listened to that as the first track. Um, let's see here. Lil Baby and Lil Dirk, 2040, number 31 debut. How It Feels, number 34 debut. Lil Baby and Lil Dirk. Drake featuring Lil Baby, Wants and Needs, at number 37. Um, Still Running, Lil Baby and Lil Dirk, Meek Mill, is at number 43 debut. Pop Smoke, What You Know About Love, is dropped down at number 45. Who I Want, Lil Baby and Lil Dirk, number 46. J. Cole has been dropping. All the records that J. Cole had have been dropping off the charts like crazy. Um, it's at number 47, My Life, 21 Savage, and Murray. Yeah, it's at number one from number 28 to 47. So a lot of J. Cole records are falling off the charts. Still Hood, Lil Baby and Lil Dirk, debuted at number 56. Okay, Lil Baby and Lil Dirk, number 58. Men of My Word, Lil Baby and Lil Dirk, number 60 debut. So Pride is the Devil has gone down to which I'm surprised at number 45 last week. Now it's at number 64. Huge drop. A lot of these J. Cole records are dropping. Uh, number 67, Lil Baby, Lil Dirk, Medical. Rich Off Pain, Lil Baby, Lil Dirk, and Rod Wave. Number 68, debut. All these are debuts, by the way, besides the title track. Lil Baby, Lil Dirk, Line, number 70. Um, Lil Baby, Lil Dirk, That's Facts, number 73. Um... Lil Baby and Lil Durk, Please, number 79. Up the Side, number 80. So a lot of records from that album has debuted here. But And then if you want to, Lil Baby and Lil Durk at number 99. So that's the charts there. A lot of Drake records have kind of fell off. Um, I know they're using that What's Next record for the NBA playoff. We'll see what's about to happen next, okay? But that's that hasn't helped. It's went from number 76 down to number 95. So a lot of the record, that hasn't really helped that record. Um but yeah, Butter BTS is killing it with number one still. So that's the update for the Billboard Hot 100. And that's it for this podcast, number 58. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate the support as always. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Deezer Podcasts, all that. Check us out on YouTube. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I appreciate the support. Have an amazing night, day, morning, whatever the fuck, wherever you're at. I appreciate you. Have a blessed day and be safe. Peace.